All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to Season 2 of Frankly Speaking, presented by Betway. If you're going to place a bet, bet on Betway, 19 plus, please play responsibly. I'm Daily Faceoff Hockey Insider Frank Saravalli, and this is Frankly Speaking, our one-on-one interview series with some of the biggest names in the hockey world. Over the last week, I've been traveling in Western Canada, visiting teams and talking to players and staff. My first stop took me to Vancouver, where I got the chance to chat with head coach Rick Tockett, entering his first full season behind the Canucks bench, as well as goaltender Thatcher Demko and new defenseman Ian Cole. I've got a bold preseason prediction. I'm picking the Vancouver Canucks to make the playoffs this season, and I'll give you three reasons why. One is a full season under Rick Tockett. You'll hear him talk later in our interview about the idea of calming down the noise that's been a near constant surrounding the Vancouver Canucks over the past couple seasons. Two is a much improved defense core led by defenseman Ian Cole. And three is really the health of goaltender Thatcher Demko, who enters this season with a clean slate. He talks in our chat about tearing his groin nearly completely last year. And if you really dive into the numbers surrounding Thatcher Demko, to me, it's really clear that you can directly correlate his success on the ice to his health. When he's healthy, his numbers have been near lights out. I also like Thatcher Demko to win the Vezina Trophy this season in a year that seems like it's kind of wide open, especially with the recent injury in training camp to Tampa Bay Lightning netminder Andre Vasilevsky. You'll hear from Thatcher Demko in a minute, but first, here's my conversation with newly acquired defenseman Ian Cole. Ian, one of the newest members of the Vancouver Canucks. So I guess my first question is, why Vancouver? Easy answer, great sushi. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, that's always it. Yeah, yeah. You know, as you play, you you go around the league and you see the other teams' roster written up on the board before the game. And there are some teams where you're like, that's actually like a good team. Like I don't know how they don't have a better record. Um, and I think that you know, this is one of those teams in my mind where there's a lot of good players here, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of potential. And I think that, uh, you know, the opportunity to come here, you know, play for Talk, play for Footer, play for Gonch, Josie, Jim Rutherford, Patrick, and join this group of, of young, talented players that, you know, in my mind, based on how the past couple of years have gone, are pretty sick of losing. Uh, there's a lot of motivation to say, you know, this is, this is getting real old real quick. Like, we need to turn this around. So um, it's a really good mindset to have. I've been on teams before where we've, kind of had that mindset been a lot of good teams but a lot of some teams have had that mindset and it was uh it's certainly on the upswing i guess would be the way to say it mentality wise Mm. we're sick of losing did that come up sort of right away or just well yeah i guess i guess maybe uh with the team you get that more Mm. recently than you know january 1st but that was the certainly the front office and the coaches mindset coming into the season we're like hey like, we really need to get this around. We need to get some guys in here that, you know, know what it takes to win that have not been a part of this where I think it's really easy mentally to get dejected when things don't go your way. And you're like, oh, here we go again. Like another bad start, another year, chalk it up, like write it off now that it's, you know, Halloween and we're, you know, whatever our record is like, I oh, might as well just stop now. Like it's easy to get into that thought process. It's, it's very uh, kind of self-fulfilling almost. And, and I think that all the direction that I got from the front office and the coaches was that, like, we're not doing that this year. Like, absolutely not. We don't know what's going to happen. It may be great. It may not be. But, like, we're not going to, you know, defeat ourselves in the first month of the year. So uh, that mindset, I think, is foundational to build a, a great product. I think what's daunting about that and the pressure, when you think about it in the sense of, like, a very macro uh, worldview, right? Oh, well, we need to go at least 15 and five in the first 20 games. Otherwise, we're going to get crucified by the media. Okay. Well, why don't oh, we? We're not that bad. No, no, no. I'm just saying uh, it was an example. It needs to be a much more of a, of a micro worldview, a much more of a myopic view in the sense of we need to win the first game. We need to lay a great foundation in training camp. We need to go out and we know exactly what we're doing from the drop of the puck in game one. Now, we might not win game one, but we need to make sure that we have an idea of what the game plan is so we know what to build off, we know what to get better at. Um, and there needs to be kind of a, a step taken back and just mature in the sense of we need to be able to objectively look at what we did right, what we did wrong, fix what we did wrong, continue what we do right. And it's not always going to be the same thing every year. I mean, there's ebbs and flows to every season, but we need to find a consistency through those ebbs and flows, right? If we win five games in a row, everyone's going to say, oh, we're going to win the cup. Like, Probably not the case. Like, we need to continue to do our job. Like, we're going to lose five games in a row. They're terrible. Trade everybody. That's also probably not the case. So, like, we need to find that consistency through those turbulent times, right? Uh, whether that's, uh, you know, a positive way or, or a negative way. And um, I, I think it's about getting the same page early and just focusing on getting that first win, that first shift, that first period. And then we win the first game. Hey, we need to win the second game and then the third game and go from there. Not oh, we need to go 15 and five the first 20 or, or 18 and, and two. Otherwise, you know, this is going to happen. It's, you can't worry about that. That will happen regardless of what you do. That is, it's not our problem. You've been on some really successful teams. Like you've got a nine-year playoff streak going yourself. 
you've won two Stanley Cups. Almost all the teams that you've played on have entered the season with an authentic chance to win. Oh. Off ice, what's the thread that ties all those really successful teams together? Well, I think uh, I would kind of describe it as a recipe, right? You know, there's all these ingredients to that recipe, right? And it's, you know, yeah, on the ice, there's world-class elite talent without a doubt. There are just high-end goaltending. There's really solid defense. There's great depth players. Like all those aspects lead into this recipe, right? But I think there's also the maturity to say, hey, like our goal is to win. And yes, you need to have the away from the ice social aspect where you genuinely like the guys on your team, without a doubt. There's also an aspect of culture that is a winning culture, not just a social culture. And the winning culture is, it doesn't matter who my teammate is or it doesn't matter who my D partner is. Like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my job to the best of my ability. And I want to be world-class at what I'm going to do. And regardless of whether I play with Sidney Crosby or, you know, the lowest call-up from the East Coast League, whatever, it shouldn't matter, right? How you execute your job or what your role is or what your responsibility is in any given moment on the ice. And I think that type of mentality and saying, like, I'm going to do my job. And if I do my job and he does his job and he does his job all the way down the line, like we're going to win way more games than we're going to lose. And I think that's a that's a maturity level. And I think a lot of teams need to lose to figure out how to do that. Right. Like you look at Tampa. Right. And, you know, with some recency bias, everyone's like, oh, they won so much. They're so good. Yeah. But for how long did they lose in the playoffs? what, eight years or something? It was like conference finals, finals, like all these times they lost and they had to figure out how to win. I mean, the same thing was, you know, St. Louis. I mean, when I was there, we people picked us to win the Stanley Cup like three out of the five years I was there. We lost in the first round or second round. And then eventually over time, you learn how to win, right? And, you know, you can go down the list of teams that, you know, you need to learn how to win. I mean, look at Edmonton, right? Like everyone's like, what's wrong with them? Why can't they win? Well, they're figuring out what works and what doesn't. Like They're going to be a really good team going forward for a long time. They're going to learn how to win. Washington, I mean, all the way down the line. So, you know, uh, not to say that, you know, this team is Tampa Bay Lightning or, you know, the St. Louis before they won or Washington before they won. But the thought process is the same, right? Mm. That kind of wave is similar. So some people would listen to what you're saying and say that part of that's just luck. Like you had a team in St. Louis that could have won probably any of those years. The last handful of years that you've played, any one of those teams, had they won, no one would have been surprised. But I think what you're describing is really a standard of excellence to get to on a daily basis. For a team that hasn't had that, when you come in in a place where you're used to that, that's what you've operated in for the last decade. Mm -hmm. How do you then transform that or at least help you're not like you're, you're one guy you're not going to change any, yeah. everything but is it something you say is it doing like how does that work i think it's all the above and i think you're right i'm not going to come in and say go around the room you need to do this you need to do this you need to do this and i know what i'm talking about because i'm perfect and i've done everything right my whole life like that's obviously not the case but there's a lot of really good people in this organization from the top down with jim rutherford Rick Tockett, all the way down through the coaches. And there's a lot of good hockey players in this room, but great people too. And I'm going to try to come in and assist where needed, help where needed, guide where needed, lead where needed. But we have a great leadership group on this team. I mean, Quinn Hughes is one of the best defensemen in this league. And he's very mature for his age. And he's a great leader. 
JT Miller, Brock Besser. I mean, Tyler Myers has been a, a stud in this league for a long time. Like, there's a lot of great leadership on this team. I'm just going to try to help out where I can personally. And I, and I think that the talk and, and the coaching staff, there's a lot of guys that have won. And they're going to set that standard and, and they're going to make sure that we adhere to that. And it's our job to adhere to that. Having played almost 800 games, as I mentioned, 14th year in the league, where is your game right now on the ice? What do you feel like you can contribute? Um, to be honest, I, I feel probably more confident in my game and um, decision-making, skating, uh, as probably more than I've ever felt. Um, I think Why? that, well, I think you mentioned it, right? 14 years is a long time, and you know, 700 and some games isn't really that many games for that many years. You know, the first, what, five years of my career, Ken Hitchcock didn't play me a ton, but I was able to learn a lot, right? So I think I'm in a bit of a perfect storm where I don't have 1,200 games of wear and tear in my body, but I have a lot of, a lot of experience and a lot of playoff experience. And I'm healthy and I feel good. I talk a lot, <laughs> probably for good or bad. Always kind of chatting out there, always talking to guys, kind of talking to guys uh, about what I see and what I think the coaches are kind of talking about, trying to, to synthesize information and, and kind of make that more uh, maybe palatable to some of the players. I think it's a good spot and it's, it's a spot I'm excited to be in. Uh, and, you know, in my mind, I think I got some of the best hockey in my career ahead of me. Interesting. And the talking, obviously. Interesting. You sound skeptical. No, not skeptical <laughs> at all. I, I think it's, it's interesting the way you explained it. Like the fact that you, you have been around for a bit, but that you feel like you have tread on your tires. Oh, yeah. That brings us to this season and, and expectations. Like when, when you guys talk about how this year is going to come together, vision, that's a big part of, of success. What mm -hmm. do you see? Yeah, I mean, I think that as a professional athlete, you want to win every single year. You want to win the last game of the year. You want to win the Stanley Cup. You want to win every game you play. We're competitive people. We want to win. That being said, I mean, I've been on a lot of teams where the goal at the beginning of the season was we want to win a Stanley Cup. And if we don't win a Stanley Cup, it's a failure every year. Okay, fair. In those situations, that may be a fair goal. You know, is that the goal here this season? Realistically, probably not. But... Every year, there's also a team that gets into the playoffs as an eight seed or a seven seed that makes a run and wins a lot of hockey games because they're rolling at the right time. They have a great team name. They get some great goaltending. And you mentioned luck earlier. They get a lot of luck. And, you know, whether that's Florida last year or the LA Kings when they went from an eight seed and won, right? Or when we won in Pittsburgh and we beat Nashville, who was an eight seed in the cup finals. There's potential there to really do a lot of really good things, but that doesn't come to fruition until we handle the early stuff, right? So again, I mean, I think we spoke about earlier, but the, the goals should be much more, I think, inwardly focused in terms of what we do as a team, how we play, the standard we try to adhere to and getting habits down and getting those things in order first, you know, and then I think we can start to look outwardly later because i think it's really easy to say oh win stanley cup i guess a really easy answer but is that realistic mm. why don't we figure out ourselves first figure out what it takes to win learn how to do that learn what the habits are and then we start worrying about everything else as it comes maybe the simplest way to explain it is at some point this year the question should be why not us not necessarily why not us but i think that we're going to leave the door open to more success than people maybe will give us credit for let's say that right that's maybe more <laughs> more middle of the road answer but um, if we handle ourselves and handle our habits and handle our kind of foundational, fundamental aspects of our game, and if we can get 
going in the right direction. And there is a possibility of being a really great hockey team this year where we can surprise a lot of people. You know, and I know people always say, oh, we'll make some noise, we'll make a noise, make a noise. Maybe people don't like that uh, saying, but I think that's the possibility. Well, then if we're talking about credit at the end of this and all this happens, then maybe we should credit you for being one of the believers last summer that saw some of this that maybe helped make it all come together. I will take no credit. We will take credit as a team. There you go. Ian Cole, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much. Thatcher, tell me about your summer, what it was like to get a chance to be healthy and, and to game plan and prep for the season, uh, having a chance to really start off this year on the right foot. Yeah, I mean, I was healthy at the end of last year, too. So I loved where my game was at at the end of the year last year. So it was more so just building on that. And obviously, you know, went through some adversity last year, but I learned a ton and uh, took a lot of that knowledge into the summer and um yeah, like you said, I, I feel like I'm coming into camp in, in really good shape and, yeah, just excited to get going. You did battle through some injury adversity last year, but when you've you know, had a chance to come back fully healthy and, and find yourself in March, when you're in a rhythm like that, what does that feel like? Yeah, I mean, it was really my first time being severely hurt like that. Um, you know, I'd never really been hurt in the middle of the season and had so much time off rehabbing and then had to come back and, and try to find my game, so... Um, it was a new experience for me, but it was one that I think, you know, it, it just builds your character and, you know, I'm definitely better off for it now. Um, just mentally, uh, you know, if you can kind of come back through that, I, I think you can get back from anything and, and play through anything. So I feel really good. You had to kind of battle through that. Did you hit a, you know, a spot where you just couldn't continue last year and just had to step aside? Well, I mean, I tore my groin pretty close <laughs> to needing surgery there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I took the time that I needed and um, our rehab staff was great with that. And yeah, I mean, I, I outsourced a little bit for rehab too. I had the time to go seek other opinions and make sure that I was doing everything properly. So um, yeah, I feel good. What's your relationship like with Ian Clark? I just had a chance to watch you guys a bit before uh, you had the main skate here today. Seems like someone that obviously is really engaged, but also not afraid to, to work you guys a bit. Yeah, I mean, that's his philosophy, and uh, we kind of see eye to eye on that. Um, definitely a guy that wants reps, and, you know, it's been great to work with him. Um, I think it's been probably five or six years now, so um, been around him a long time and really grateful for that and want to make sure that I'm soaking it up every day. Obviously, um, he's one of the, the greats in the game, and um, he's helped my game tremendously, so definitely, um, you know, grateful for the relationship that we have. What is it about what he does that – helps set him apart like you've worked with tons of goalie coaches before just his expectation um every single day there's no days off you know and uh, i think that's an important mindset to have in the nhl and very detail oriented you know his attention to detail is second to none that's something that i've tried to pick up from him and you know like i said i think that my game is um it's been served well by him for sure so um yeah it's been good did you know Casey to Smith at all? Obviously, I've been been able to get to know him here the last week or so, which has been great. He's, he's a really good guy, and um, really excited to be working with him. Uh, we have the same agent, and I think I played against him in college, maybe my first year at Boston College. So, um, obviously, been keeping an eye on him from afar when he was in pit and stuff. So, uh, he's he's a really good goalie, and you know, it's been great to see that he's a good guy too. When a tandem works well together, what's a key to success? I think it's uh, just trust, you know, me being able to know that 
if I get a night off that, you know, he's going to be able to handle the work and building the relationship through camp is going to serve dividends down the road during the season. Like, is there a different feel, a different vibe at all heading into the year or is it, is it the same? Um, I think the, the vibe around camp is great. You know, I think the guys really bought in this summer and we had a, a little meeting uh, just via text or whatever with the whole group asking guys to come out early and uh, everyone came out, you know, two or three weeks before camp. So, you know, it's a little thing, but I think it, it goes a long way. And, um, you know, I, I think we're, we're seeing the fruits of that as, as the skates are going and compete levels really high and, and work ethic is too. And does any part of that tone get set from the coaching staff? Like what's it been like with Rick Tockett? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it, it was important that uh, we were able to end the, end the year with him last year. Um, so there is a little bit of familiarity there. And um, he's spoken about it, but just the pedigree of the staff that we have is is amazing. And I think guys aren't taking that for granted. You know, being able to work with Hall of Famers every day is something that not every guy in the league gets to say or do. So, yeah, I think guys are, are bought in uh, to the coaching staff and, um, you know, paying attention to what they're saying. There's also been a lot of change in front of you on defense. Did you know any of those guys before? And just in terms of the overall thought process, the overall structure, you know, in terms of how this team defends, how critical will that be to this team's success? Yeah, I think we brought in some good guys, some key guys, and um, been able to get to know them a little bit. Uh, Seuss was here pretty early in the summer, as was I, and so we spent a good part of two months together before camp, and you know, he, he's a good addition for us, and, and the other guys too. I mean, everyone's going to be playing a big role for us on D, especially, and um, you know, just nailing down the systems that we want to play with, and you know, I think it's going to be good. There's been a lot of talk about expectations this year and and goals how do you see what lays in front of you guys uh well i mean i think our goal is the same every year you know obviously make the playoffs i think we've come short of that the last few years and that's uh something that i know eats it at the group and um going through what we did last year it's uh it's pretty obvious that it's time to step up and you know we know what the, the pressure is around the team and we know what the expectation is and i don't think anyone's backing down from that Big thanks to Ian Cole and Thatcher Demko for joining the pod. You know, it was fascinating to hear why Ian Cole picked the Canucks and that idea of Vancouver being sick of losing. It feels like it's been a decade now where they've been stuck in the same sort of malaise. And he seems to be one of those guys dead set on trying to get them out of that as he looks to keep his playoff streak, personal playoff streak, alive at 10 years. After the break, you'll hear from Canucks head coach Rick Tockett on being a steadying influence for the Vancouver Canucks and why he thinks this Canucks team, as currently constituted, can be a playoff team this year. Stay with us. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Rick Tockett, this is your 33rd NHL training camp. Your first working or playing in Canada. What's it been like? What's it felt like here in Vancouver? Yeah, it's a, obviously you guys know the market, terrific market. The fans are very passionate. You know, it's 24 seven Canucks. So this is obviously different than other teams. Some of the sun belts are, you go through training camps, it's a lot of, a lot of noise. You know, it's important that we embrace the noise, the good stuff and the stuff that maybe is not as good that we can kind of deflect it. And I think that's really what I try to make the players understand that in anything too, I mean, you're going to be in the playoffs. You got to block out the outside noise. You mentioned noise and yeah. that's been a big thing in this market. The last handful of years, for whatever reason, there's been a lot yeah. of things that have happened. A lot of change. How do you try and block some of that out? Well, I think you got to stay consistent on your plan and your philosophies. You know, if you have a game plan, and obviously you tweak those, Frank. I'm not saying you can't tweak, but I think you you know you know where you're going. You know what direction. You know, hey, this player, we really like him, but you know he should go to the minors. Whether we win or lose, you know, ten nothing or win ten nothing, you have the plan. You know, the guy goes down there and he scores three goals. Don't call him back up. Let him marinate down there. And I think that's important. And that's the sort of stuff Patrick and Jim preach. You know, and uh, they want to bring to this organization and. Uh, and ownership's bought into that. They know that we have to develop down there. We got a great development staff. Abbotsford really had a really good year for us. And I think that's how you build. And then obviously those guys, you know, you get guys out of there and they make the NHL, then you have, probably have more money to go get a free agent instead of the opposite where if minor league system's not really good, then you have to go find guys. So to me, it's a philosophy thing that everybody's on the same page. Mm-hmm. How much has it helped for you personally coming in here? You've had the balance of last season to get your feet wet, to understand the people, what makes them tick. You make some changes this summer, you bolster your staff to then come now into training camp and hit the ground running. How helpful was that time period for you to just say, okay, I can take a little bit of time here to really understand how this all works. Yeah. You know, it's huge, right? Um, I didn't know the leadership. I had to build a relationship with them. You know, still got to work on that. A lot of the new guys coming in footy, Gonchar, you know, even Pat and Jim, you know, they've been here a year and a half. Now I have this, the twins here that kind of give me, hey, this is what's happened in the past, what to learn from. And then also they got like a new school approach. So uh, for me, it's, it's just staying on the path and building relationships with players. It, you know, if I had to come and start this year, you know, the players don't know who I am. You know, I've been a little bit different, but they kind of know what our staff's like. So we get, we're, we're ahead of the schedule. Uh, but I still think that we're still still trying to get to know each other. What have you learned about this group chemistry-wise? Like Ian Cole, a new guy, he, he's he's been in the playoffs nine straight years. He's won two Stanley Cups. He's done a lot. 
He was saying the other day that one of the real hallmarks of a team that's successful is they've got good chemistry. Their guys get along. You don't, not everyone has to be best friends, but the personalities of this team, I think just from the outside looking in and, you know, you talk to some players, they might've said the last couple years, maybe wasn't what it should be, maybe a little bit off. How much does that contribute to winning? And what have you learned about these guys? Yeah, it's a good point by Kohler. I think there's a little bit of cliche in, uh, where people say like, you know, clicky teams or teams that, you know, you know, what's it? They take a cab, you know, what is it? Five guys are in a cab or it's just one, you know, five guys get five cabs type of thing. I think that's what Kohler's talking about is guys loving each other in the sense, you know, they're all different walks of life and you don't always have to hang out with a guy, but when you hit the rink, there's a respect factor. I think that's really big and accountability. You know, accountability is big. You know, obviously the, it's on the coaching staff, but it's also in, in the dressing room where players can hold each other accountable. And the next day, respect the guy that wants that standard of accountability. I think, I, I don't know in the past, but I know the teams that aren't successful over the years, when accountability is enforced, people will take it the right way. And I think that's where Kohler's talking about. Good teams will take, they love each other and and they, they know it's going to be a grind and there's going to be some fights and, and some arguments in that room. But the next day there's respect and the next day they play the same way. I think that's the key. Have you seen some of that? Is that here? I saw it last year, uh, the last 33 games. There were some times when we would get a little bit wild out there. We were playing a little river hockey, you know, like not saying guys were playing for points, but we were playing disconnected. But I think from some of the players talking to them, we snapped back into it a little quicker. And frustration, you know, sometimes the frustration I saw last year, you know, there was some times, there were some hot spots, you know, bad body language, guys come to the bench slow. I thought it got better though. And that's, you know, we still have a ways to go. Um, that's why September and October, where we have to make each other accountable and make under guys understand that, you know, bad body language or frustration can really lose your hockey games. Just talking to a few guys, they mentioned the makeup of this coaching staff. Like you guys, I mean, on any given day, it's yourself, Footy, Foot, yeah. Gonchar, Twins, Steens, Mike Yo has been around and yeah. seen a ton of things. Yeah. First off, are you guys winning any alumni game that might pop up? Like, could you guys still play? We should have a two-pass tournament against all the coaches. I think we'd be one of the better teams in the league. I, I like, I like, I'd like to have it. I, I, I'd like to try it. But I don't know if I want to go against Chief, though. But... It's all right. The Sedins will just skate around. Yeah, exactly. I think what I love about Footy and the Twins and Gonchar and those type of guys, they're outstanding players, but they're humble. They're teachers. You know, they don't come in with name tags that, hey, I'm a Hall of Famer or or, I won two Stanley Cups. They come in with knowledge and they're humble. Um, And I think the players see that. They want to teach. You know, it's not about, you know, any kind of status with them. They just want to teach. Like That's why I brought them in. You know, Adam Foote, he loves his defense and he wants to teach him stuff. You know, Sergey Gonchar, you know, I remember last year we played Seattle, my second game. I think we lost six to one. And I was like, oh my God. And I was, you know, I was pissed. And I'm this, I'm that. And after the game, they pulled me aside outside the bus that dropped us two in the morning. And we we're on a street corner in Vancouver and they were calling me, you know, hey, Rick, we just talked. We just got here. Relax. We got to chip away. And that talk really calmed me down. I think that helped my demeanor the next day in practice. And I think it helped the team. You know, there was a lot of emotions going on in that team when I took over and they, you know, obviously hit the wall the second game. So I think that that's where I really rely on those guys. 
they know that when it's time to go and when, when it's time not to go. I think that's really helps. So how did you convince them to come with you? Yeah, well, gosh, I think I had a couple offers, some other stuff, uh, just friendship. The, the bond we had in Pittsburgh uh, was huge. Me and Gonch used to hang out a lot when he would come in. I'd let him stay with me in my office and we would do our thing together. So, you know, it was successful. Getting him was big. And then obviously Adam Foote, uh, I coached footy. My first year when I retired, and the next year I took the Colorado job. So I know footy. And I lost touch over the years, but I remember in TNT, he would text me. You know, I would describe a play and he'd ask me, hey, I had a two-on-one here. Like, it was almost like he would text me what he thought. And then I called him up and I said, hey, if I, you know, there's some teams, you know, I had some other teams calling me. I said, if I get a job, would you be interested? And he was, he was fired up. So he had a Zoom call with Jim and Patrick and he nailed it. And, um, you know, we hired him. So was he saying your analysis was bad? No, he, you know, he wasn't questioning me. He was, no, he was actually reiterating, but there's actually about, sometimes he'd say, what about this? And he goes, yeah, you're right. So yeah. Yeah. And he would critique me a little bit, but no, he's a great guy and the players love him. But these are all guys that have had success. You know, Foot has two kids that are playing. Like, you know, they're all busy to kind of upend your life to come out here. Like that's a pretty significant commitment. Big commitment. You know, you know, Sergey has a young, you know, his 16 year old daughter. He didn't want to, so that's why he's more part-time. Footy's a little more of an empty nest type of guy. So, um, and he, his passion was the coach. It's been for the last three, four years. I don't know why he hasn't got the opportunity. All I know is that, you know, having a guy like him with the opportunity and he's coming in here and it's, like I said, it's, it's not about status. Levels. They, they really want it. They want to be a difference maker for the Vancouver Canucks. And that seems like that's been a big, I don't want to say selling point, but players recognize what the staff is like here and they want to be part of that. They want to be in that world. Is that fair to say? Well, I mean, I think it's a little bit of status when one of those guys go up to a player and tells them a scenario. Those guys lived it. Those guys played in game sevens. They played in Stanley Cup game sevens. They've played with the best. You know, they've been in situations where they've lost a bunch of games and the heat's on them where how do they deal with the heat? How do they deal with the pressure, the stress? They have some good answers and good ways to do things. And I think that's why people have kind of, you know, they, they kind of buy in. Now, saying that, you better know your stuff. I remember when I went to Pittsburgh as assistant coach, you know, the first two months, I had to earn my trust with Sidney Crosby. You know, he was super with me, but I remember back then, Sid asked you a question. He's testing, you know, like, this guy knows the stuff. It's the same thing here. I'm sure players are, and the, and the things they're saying are right. And our D, and we had 16 defensemen last year. And if you look at the guys we call it, like Noah Jilson played well for us. You know, the Cole McWard, Hiroshi, guys came in because they were very receptive what we were preaching. So let's talk on ice and let's talk structure. There's a lot of things that, you know, from the outside looking in can improve this year. A lot of opportunity. Is defending better one of those? Yeah. My biggest goal was uh, if a player makes a mistake, don't make the second mistake because then the goalie has no chance. And I thought we got better as the season went on. The second guy would make save. The third, and all of a sudden it's a back door. Goalie has no chance. So I thought we tightened up. The guy made a mistake. We can hold the fort till that mistake is covered. Uh, that was my first goal when I got here. And I thought we got better. I like defending without puck. You know, when, when they get the puck, yeah, go for it. You know, be creative. But being knowing where everybody is, is really important. And being playing a little more predictable uh, I'm not a fan of regrouping all the time. I think you got to play fast. And I think those guys, when they were playing a lot faster, started to get it. Is so, that a structure thing or is that a personnel thing? 
Well, there's structure, you know, you know, when there's, when the puck's dumped out in the neutral, where to go, that's structure. But then when you play fast, it's okay to play reckless. You know, it's just play reckless and control. You know, if you're the middle drive guy on a support plate, you got to be there. You can't be, you know, the weak side with the other guy. And that's when structure gets unbalanced. Those are things that we go over in scenarios. You know, when we lost to Calgary 10 nothing. There was a lot of disconnect. You know, not, obviously the lineup, we had a lot of young kids and they're still trying to find their way. But when you're disorganized, you're going to see backdoor plays. You're going to see, you know, open slot shots. And I think that's why it's important that you have to play without the puck. How do you fix the penalty kill? Well, I think personnel helps. But I think it obviously structure and personnel um, and attitude. And, uh, you know, like I said, getting the guys that we got, they block shots. They're smart office system. They know when to go. They know if PK1 is stretched too far, what's the next line of defense? We don't want to give the seam pass. You know, that's the first thing we had to correct is the seam passes because obviously last year there was a lot of seam passes. So we got a little bit better as the season went on and obviously having Demko and Nets going to really help too. You know, there's, there's attitude, there's structure, and there's, there's staples, right? You got to be a shot blocker. You got to be able to be selfless. You, you can't let pucks go through you. Those are high principle places. You mentioned body language and a few other you yeah. know, sort, of, sort of things that you picked up on when you first took over. Penalty kill, the first thing I think of is compete. It's also a mindset. It's sure. structure. It's, it's all those things. It's personnel, but you've got to want to do it. The best penalty kills are the hardest working. Was the compete level as a whole for this team last year where it needed to be, and how do you ramp that up? Yeah, I, I can't speak for the past. I just I know as we chipped away, I felt – Guys understood what we were trying to preach. So when that happens, you guys feel better about themselves. They know where to go in certain situations. Yeah, there's going to be breakdowns. Yeah, there's going to be some backdoor plays. But overall, general, when you tell a player certain things and it's, you know, you're kind of, you know, a little more successful with it, they feel good about each other. But then it's hard to do every night, though, you know, to do it once or twice every week. Like it's hard to do it every day. And that's, the next thing that we're doing here is let's be consistent every day. Let's be consistent every game the way we play. Mm-hmm. What is your message to this team to start the year? However many number of years before you, this team hasn't gotten off to a good start. That can also be kind of overwhelming too, right? Your guys want to win. They want to succeed. They want to do well. How do you put everyone in the right frame of mind to not allow that idea that you have to do this to be overwhelming well the first word is relax you know whether we win or lose the first couple games like just everybody's got to relax like i know the great start is the big thing around here and you know if you're thinking about the great start and you're not worried about the process to that start of the season if we're playing well and we lose we know we can get back into it the next game but if we're not playing well and we lose then i'd be alarmed so that's the way you got to look at it Let's worry about the staples of the team. Let's worry about chipping the body and, 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 and compete and coming off hard. If you do those things, you know, you have a better chance to succeed. But I get it. You know, the market's got, hey, you have to have a great start. Well, yeah, of course we want a great start. 32 teams want to have a great start. You know, I want to have a great day. That's what I would do. I want to have a great day every day. I want to have a great practice every day. You know, I want us to recover every day the right way. That's the best way to, to be successful. Were you feeling any of that yourself? You mentioned that second game, 6-1, fired up. 
Did you feel like, is million, that the same feeling that these guys? Million percent. And I had two coaches that played the game, high level players, take me aside and told me to relax. So there's no difference. And I did relax. So it's no different if you see a couple of your teammates, tell them to relax. But the next day, it's not like the next day I was relaxing. Yeah, next day I'm still coaching. I'm still coaching hard. It's the same thing the player. Come on the rink the next day playing hard and doing the right things. There's been a lot of talk about expectations, and I'll, I'll leave you with this. I want you to fill in the blank for me. This season for the Vancouver Canucks will be a success if. Well, I'm going to do the coaches one all time if we play the right way. You know, that's the thing. I, I, when I was in here, Mike Sullivan said that all the time. You play the right way. That's what I'm looking for this team. And whatever falls from that, I can live with. But we have to play the right way. Any time spent with Rick Tockett is quality time. He's truly one of a kind. You ask a question, you get an answer. No spin, no BS, just straight talk. And I think you can certainly get a sense that the Vancouver Canucks players appreciate that as well. Our Western Canadian training camp tour rolls on. Next week, you'll hear from two key figures in the Edmonton Oilers organization, as well as a stop with the Calgary Flames. Until then, here's the impressive Third Street Band with Pond. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.